Welcome to the Assemblée Dance Studio podcast, your go-to source for bite-sized lessons in growing and running your dance studio. I'm your host, Claire O'Shea, and I'm a dance studio owner and business coach, helping you grow your dance studio simply and successfully so you can reach more students, grow your business, and become the go-to dance studio in your area. Do you love the podcast content but are looking to get a bit more one-on-one strategy? If that is the case, I really encourage you to check out our monthly masterclasses. Each month, I dive into a specific topic that is going to help you and your dance studio reach the next level. So if you're interested in finding more about that, head to assemblydancestudiocoaching.com forward slash masterclass. Again, each month is a specific topic catered to you and your dance studio all about how to grow and create a bigger, more successful, just more streamlined dance studio. And if that's something you're interested in, you can buy a one-off masterclass. So if you can sort of pick and choose to what topics suit your interests, or alternatively, you can sign up for our membership to our masterclass, which is a discounted monthly price. So whatever you are interested in joining us for, you can check that out at assemblydancestudiocoaching.com forward slash masterclass. Now sit back, relax and enjoy the show. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of my episodes released weekly. Hey guys, it's Claire Shea here and welcome back to another episode of the Assemblé Dance Studio Coaching Podcast. In today's episode, we are jumping in into all things concert planning. And this is going to be an episode about the first steps to concert planning. So a bit of an overview, some like non-negotiables that we think are majorly important to running a successful, profitable, fun, and amazing show that gets students coming back year after year. And when I was putting my notes together for this, I realized that I had potentially too much to say. So it's going to be a sort of a first and second step because we're going to do this in a two-part series. Uh, and this is all in the lead up to our masterclass that we have on running and planning and having sort of a stress-free concert and recital uh, period that we are running in September. So if interested in that, um, head to our website and I'll share more info about that in the episode. But today's episode is part one which is the first steps to concert planning or recital planning for your most epic concert. So joining me on the show today, as always, is the lovely Mariah. Hi. Uh, And we are jumping into all things concert planning. So Mariah, before I jump into my notes that I have here, when we talk about concert planning, what are some of the things that like come to mind for you that, you know, might be associated with the time of year uh, things that, you know, work well for us. I don't know. What's like your sort of first thoughts when we think about concert planning? When I feel like when we first start, I think we always think theme first. percent. <laughs> we always have so many ideas and we discuss them with the team. And um, this year we actually got every, all the teachers involved in the, in the choosing of what the theme is for the year. Um, I think, For me, I just, my brain just goes into like checklist mode of everything we need to do for the concert because honestly, it's not stressful. It's just a busy time of the year and there's lots to do in the lead up before the concert happens, but it's just like you have to be planning for the concert while everything else is still running as normal. So I saw this really funny post um, on Facebook from someone, I think they posted it, honestly, I'm not sure. And they were having a debate with their husband about the amount of hours that you should spend Mm. planning this. 
And he was of the opinion um, that it was only normal to spend five hours a week doing it. And this person was like, I'm like having a debate. What, like, what does everyone else do? And so many people was, were underneath like, um, do you mean five hours a day? Like it's, yeah. well, it consumes our second half of our year. Absolutely. It, yeah, it absolutely does. It's like our, like our forefront focus from like now. From now. Well, we've got mid-year showcase still. Yeah. But. Like, yeah, middle of July to the end of the year, our forefront. And especially like when we're getting into like the, um, like September, that's when it gets really, really hectic. But this is sort of now our key planning time um, to start the ball rolling. I would love five hours a week. That would be stunning. But I imagine our show would not be stunning as a result. No, <laughs> it wouldn't be a thing. There's um, just so many different aspects yeah. that go into it. And I think, um, yeah, for us, our first thing that we do is get excited about is the theme and picking a new thing for the year and sort of dates. Oh, dates. dates. Well, we try and get those out at the start of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's usually done. So my first point okay. for concept planning was to start with a clear vision. Yeah. So I said, begin by envisaging, nope, <laughs> start again. <laughs> begin by envisaging the overall theme, yeah. tone and concept of your dance concert or recital to find the goals and desired outcome to guide your planning, planning process. So often like I think that the goal is like to have the concert. Yeah. But if we're really thinking about it in terms of like what it gives to our students and what the purpose of it is for our business, if it's not to retain students or attract new students or, you know, for it to be a really significant part of your year, it's sort of a lot of time spent mm. doing something that's not really important. Yeah. Then. So thinking about that and the clear vision for us really the clear vision of the theme and everything and like not that theme is everything but it really just helps us create like a visual and to structure all of the other stuff that comes along so I think that that's really really awesome and then having goals like what's your goal is it your goal just to get it done or is your goal to get three positive reviews or is your goal to get people to sign up for the follow like what is your goal basically um my next point is establishing a timeline and this all comes into play with your systems and processes so for instance if you use something digital like we do like click up all of our systems and processes for the concert are in there from the previous year that we yeah. update and when we roll over to the next year we just sort of have to update the the due date essentially so like if our concerts changed at all um and things like that and it, it then it helps us create a detailed timeline that includes important milestones for things such as like when choreography is due when costume fittings or ordering need to be done when are the rehearsals when do the tickets go on sale and marketing efforts as well um and by having having this timeline one it will help you stay organized and ensure that everything's on track and i find it's hugely beneficial to reduce stress because you don't mm. get this feeling all the time of being behind or you're forgetting something or you're missing something because it's right there in front of you yeah do you agree yes 100 percent. i feel like sometimes you can get tunneled under just thinking like there's so <gasps> yeah. much to do where do which, i even which there start is. yeah yeah but I think having it um, all like laid out in front of you, like you said, and having like a step-by-step -step process, it, it just sort of alleviates that stress a little mm. bit less. And um, for our like uh, project planning that we use called ClickUp, it has this feature called like um, I think dependent or um, – Yes. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Or yeah. something like that. So basically you tell it, well, you need to do this task 
to do, be able to do this task. So it starts to kind of put it in the correct order yeah. no matter what, which I find really helpful because sometimes you get stuck in this loop of like, oh, I need to do this. But I, I need to put that without that. Yeah, I need to put tickets yeah. on sale, but I can't do that until I have the name of the show. And then I can't do the graphics for it until I have the name of the show. Like, so it becomes a bit of like this wall. Yeah. So that really helps. Um, and yeah, I think that's a really important place to start. Next tip is about managing costumes effectively. Again, we recorded um an episode just before this one. Hint behind the scenes, we do these in bulk. Um, but it was all about costume planning. I'm not sure if this will be released before or after. Just after. Which, so this will be after the concert one. So they would have listened to the concert they one. They would have heard the Thailand one. Oh, fabulous. Yes. So you would have in the previous episode released last week would have heard about our um, concert costume planning trip that I did with my sister. And that's like one way, I guess, to manage costumes effectively is to like find a supplier or do what you need to do. Um, but other than that, my top tip is to start early with costume planning and ordering to allow for any necessary alterations or adjustments um, and ensure that costumes, well, are age appropriate, comfortable and properly fitted because oh, it's oh. just going to yeah. alleviate parents being like, eh, it's yeah. too small, it's yeah. too big. And on the like, yes, you're saying like plan the costumes well in advance and start ordering and things like that. But how do you do that say if people are joining or leaving or oh no it's a oh it's a sorry I just hit my <laughs> mouth I hit my mouth on the mic um it's a constant battle of what is the right way to do things and I'm yeah. gonna be 100% honest there's no right way so yeah. there's a couple of options so we in the past have been um I'm very of the mindset that we sort of don't shut enrollments unnecessarily because we can be getting new students all year round but I have kind of come um, like around to the fact that at some point within, you know, three to four to five weeks of the concert, we there's no way we can get a costume. So that person yeah. can't be involved with that specific dance. Maybe they could do the finale or something. But if I think about what the focus of the class is in there and in their enjoyment factor of the class, I personally don't think it's going to be a good experience. Yeah. So at some point you've got to decide whether you we, – we've got a couple of options. We're going to put on potentially a, a separate class for those kids and like have a small three or four or five-week um, capped class where it's the focus is not on concert. Yeah. And so then they should be able to have a fantastic time and then that will keep them, um, you know, wanting to come to our studio before we enroll for, to, for the next year. So that's one way to go about it. I know people who buy extra and just have them there. And even if the kid goes on for a bit, um, cool. And depending on the age group, like, again, mm. it's very follow along. So yeah. it would just really depend on the age group really. But um, I think you just have to kind of figure out what's going to work well for you. And, again, if you don't have the manpower to be following up and trying to do that, and oh, like it's you just sort of have to kind of pick an end date where it's going to yeah. be too stressful for you um, and not a good experience for the parent or the child anyway. Yeah. Um, and then in relation to managing the costumes, again, we use a project management software that helps track, you know, sizing, ordering, shipping, arriving, packing, you know, issues that we need to follow up um, to ensure that we don't lose track at like all of our locations and venues and stuff. Um, yeah, so that's that. Yeah. That's just a very quick thing about costumes. Um, then I wanted to quickly jump on about concert running order because we've done this in various ways. And I think the easiest way 
is I believe is to do the running order first without thinking about the creative. I suggest doing that first to create a flow that's the least stressful for students and teachers in terms of in terms of um, quick changes. So being able to kind of have your seniors spread out or like your little ones in a spot where it's allowing time for other people to change so they're not doing like back-to-back changes and causing unnecessary stress. Obviously sometimes there's not a way to get around that. There might be a kid in 12 dancers or someone who does like across multiple age groups so it's not really um, something you can avoid. But in terms of if you can, I would suggest starting with that first and then using like your theme once you have your running order to then create the parameters around um, you know, different sections or what music you're going to do, et cetera. Would, what would you say about yeah, that? Yeah, I totally agree. We did that last year That's and easier. it was so much easier, just sort of less stress. We didn't, we didn't have to think about the running order when we no. were like very oh, close out. Oh. Going, oh, the running order, oh, this, all oh, that. Get it done way before. And then that, like that's th- literally the start. Yeah, yeah. And then the teachers go off of that for what their creative Mm. like flow is and everyone just knows what's happening and like there was so many less quick changes last year compared to previously. It was a lot easier. Mm. Yeah. And lastly for my part one episode um, is something that I'm sort of saying because I often forget. It's really pay attention to staging and lighting because I think it really does enhance the overall, um, you know, vibe and the overall production of the show. And in the past, I've been very of like, oh, well, you know, they're the professionals, they'll figure it out. But uh, it's been clear to me that some are not as professional potentially as I would like. Um, I definitely think the venues that we're at now are a lot more professional, but it's, you know, it's not all, and you know, there's changeover in staff and you just don't know what's going on there. So pay attention to staging and lighting, um, you know, talking about designing the stage layout and lighting to enhance that visual impact of the performance for the parents and the, you know, the families that are watching. Um, Think about how you can set your stage, use of props, set pieces and special effects to create, again, a dynamic and immersive experience for the audience, all in relation to our first point, which is about your vision. Mm. So how can you give that wow factor, basically? Mm. And it's not just another kid's dance recital. Yeah. It's sort of the vibe I think of. Yeah. I was just going to say too, obviously we sort of touched on this, but making sure your dates and everything, especially with us at the moment, because we've got lots of locations. Um, we really had to finalise our dates, like literally at the start of this year to make sure that we were going to fit everything in and everything was good to go. And I would just say another touch point too is because we have so many dates and we do photo days and things like that. Um, we have started to work on getting um, photographers and videographers involved. So if that's something that you are wanting to do, I would suggest getting on top of that as soon as you can just to lock in them as well because they can book out. So just something to keep in mind. 100%. I think we could do a whole other episode about the positives and negatives of taking those things in-house. And I have had um, discussions with um, special guests before who do trainings about how to do that. Yeah. Um, I have been toying with it and going backwards and forwards and I think there's definitely positives and negatives to yeah. both um, but something to keep in mind and think about if that's going to work for you as well or you might have people on staff that 
have particular interests or talents in those areas yeah. as well. So something to keep in mind. Uh, so that's all we have for part one today of our first steps to concert planning series. Again, we have our masterclass coming up all about creating the most epic, streamlined, stress-free concert recital season ever on September the 5th. So that is coming up if you want to you know, book a spot to that masterclass, just head to the website assembladancestudiocoaching.com forward slash masterclass or if you are already a masterclass member, thank you so much. Thank you for joining us every month. We love having you. Um, and we will be back next week with part two of the first step. So the second steps to concert <laughs> planning. Thank you for joining me today, Mariah. No worries. Thanks so much for joining us today, guys. I look forward to speaking with you next week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Assemble Dance Studio Coaching Podcast with your host, me, Claire O'Shea. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it on your stories on Instagram and tag the show or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Assemble Dance Studio Coaching. Tune in next week for another episode all about helping you grow your dance studio simply and successfully so you can reach more students, grow your business and become the go-to dance studio in your area. See you then.